Ken was doing his best to use the rescued medical equipment on the wounded. His hand shook with fear when they came near all the blood. Why are you so afraid of blood? Tommy asked. I thought you were used to shooting things. Damn it, man, I'm a hunter, not a doctor! Ken answered, as he continued his gruesome task of patching everyone up and sanitizing their infections. Tommy looked around at who was left, and who was still healthy enough to defend the compound. The number was shrinking, and they still needed to go save the three people at DIY. He had no idea how they were going to do that. As he approached the radio room, Keiko waved him over. Trish was calling them from DIY. She needed them to mount a rescue quickly. Bill was rising up as a zombie. This is the story of our players in Outbreak Undead, part of RPG Storytime. Chloe was sharing a small meal with the others in her living room while she told them what she knew. She had been on the roof of the radio building smoking a joint when the missiles came. She had even seen them racing through the sky, and she saw the nearest one explode. She had expected to be incinerated, but that didn't happen. Instead, there was just a bright light that faded quickly into a cloud that dropped over the city. Chloe had been frozen in place with fear, unable to move. And, truth be told, she didn't tell the others. She wasn't sure if there wasn't something in the weed that made her hallucinate all this. When the dust hit the ground, people choked on it. Most died quickly, and their bodies convulsed on the ground. A few minutes later, they began to rise again, this time moving strangely. Chloe hadn't waited to see more. She ran inside into the center of the building where the radio broadcasters were working. They were completely oblivious as to what was happening. They were chatting as though it was a normal day, and Chloe again began to wonder if she had been hallucinating. But the dust slowly began to make its way inside through the cracks under the doors. These were soundproof rooms, so very little could get in. Much less than got into other buildings, but it was enough. Chloe having opened a door hadn't helped either. One by one, she began to see them affected by the gas. A few of them collapsed. Most of them remained upright, but you could see a change in their eyes. They all became crazed and violent. The DJ became rambling, spouting nonsense. When he reached the point that he sounded like Trump, Chloe knew he had completely lost his mind, and she knew she had to escape. She remembered an obscure interior fire exit that had been closed off when a new one was opened, so she ran for that. The laughing horde followed her, but they didn't see as she rushed inside and escaped. Everyone sat in silence as Chloe finished her story and she lit up a joint. They had a million questions regarding where the missiles had come from. How did they turn the living into the walking dead? How was she immune? But what was most important was that Derek then said, We have to get in there and stop them before they kill more people. He then caught Chloe up on what had been happening to their group. Chloe looked lost, forlorn. These had been her friends, her co-workers, but she had to remind herself that their minds were no longer their own, and she nodded, determined. I can show you where that secret stairwell is, she said. We're going right back to where we were? Derek asked. Yeah, but this time we'll have a better way in, Karen explained. I've always wanted to kill a DJ, Jamie said. But first, Chloe said, holding out her joint, want a hit? Apparently it's what made me immune to the gases. Yet another benefit, Karen exclaimed. Bill had come back to unlife, and he was an angry zombie. With a lot of weight still on him, he lumbered toward them, leaning heavily one direction, then the other. They fought back with everything they had, but it hardly mattered what weapons they could bring to bear. This was their friend. They could hardly look at him, let alone fight him. 
In game terms, there were failing rolls left and right with huge negatives due to the nature of fighting a former friend. The noise began to attract other zombies in the area, who ambled in their direction. A crowd was gathering at the gate. Then shots rang out, and the outside zombies fell one by one into a heap. Marion and Trish looked toward their rescuers with relief, but their smiles were quickly turned into confused and fearful frowns. Their rescuers were not their friends, but rather an untidy bunch with uneasy grins on their faces. They looked like they could be the zombies themselves if not for the weapons they were using. One of them shot Bill the zombie, which fell in a heap at Trish's and Marion's feet. He then turned on the two women behind the iron gate, and his smile widened. Tommy, Naseba, and Jessica raced up in their car to the DIY center. They first saw the pile of bodies at the gate. They also saw Bill's body slouched on the ground. Trish and Marion were nowhere to be seen. Tommy and the others didn't dare call out. That would attract more of the walking dead. So they moved cautiously inside the building. There they found a pair of dead cats, both of whom were striking poses as if they were attacking someone when they were killed. The small group was more cautious as they moved toward the atrium. Coming upon it, they found it was empty. They also searched the rest of the store with the same results. Trish and Marion were nowhere to be found. They had been taken. Tune in next week to find out what happens next. And if you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!